Butter shed in Windsor. You made money in the housing market last year? No way. Anything you shot on, you would have made up. What would it cost? That's the million dollar question. Hey, you're looking at North Bay now is at a million dollars. <laughs> I don't even think they hand you the keys anymore. What is it going to cost? How much? Hi, my name is Nicholas Regina. My name is Michael Sakuro. And you're listening to What, what Would It Cost? cost? <laughs> is that good? Welcome back to What Would It Cost? On this week's episode, we have our guest. Christian Catala from Greenbricks Capital. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, we were really pumped up to, to be able to host you and have it be that you're our first guest as you were a big part of putting us on and teaching us the ropes of what it took to understand the private lending world and everything, you know, in between, right? We're honored, buddy. Yeah. I, I, I'm honored that uh, I'm the first guest in your show. Yeah, we, we attest a lot of the knowledge we learned about private lending, especially from yourself. So uh, we look up to you as, a, you know, one of our mentors for that. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. And we're excited to have you. Uh, so to get right to it, what's, what's private lending consist of for a client that's looking to be the borrower? Well, private lending basically is non-traditional lending. So you have institutions, so you have the A lenders, the B lenders, so you have the big banks, and then you have the B lenders who deal with, you know, poor credit, uh, higher higher uh, ratios, uh, but then you have the private side, which is what, what we specialize in. Now, private lending is more like those who don't qualify for the traditional A and B lending will come see us. Right. It is more expensive, but uh, usually it's for a short-term period one-year term to get them out of a certain situation and then you put them back into institutional lending, right? Right. And also, too, like a lot of people don't use it just for ones that can't qualify with the banks or looking for it even if they're flipping a property. Sometimes it's like, I want to get that property. I don't want to wait till a 30-day close or trying to get qualified. Let's just get in and out and flip that property, That's right? a perfect example. We do a lot of uh, construction financing. We do a lot yeah. of flips where there's no time. They got the time is money. They want to go exactly. in, get in the project, get it out as fast as they can. So private lending is a perfect uh resource for that Two for that yeah perfect so on a typical term bring us through it what's the rate is there any fee associated with it in regards to lender broker uh how long is the duration of that term what are their options in between and yeah everything Ideally, what would it cost <laughs> so good question so private financing varies there's different levels uh depending on ltv type of property if it's a residential or commercial the area the property is in. So there are a lot of factors that contribute to the cost of a private mortgage. First off, there are a lot of these private mortgage companies, MIX they're called, and uh, they're able to offer a lot cheaper rates than the traditional like very private lender where it's just, you know, like we have investors who put out the money, uh, their RSP money or personal money we put out into mortgages. So right. the MIX, same concept, but people invest in these MIX and the MIX give them an average return rate of say five to 7%. You get that every month. The MIC takes care of the money and they handle everything. Right. There's no, uh, you have no C at that point. So you give them the money and they invest it for you. They give you a check every month and that's how it works, right? So it's almost like an aggressive GIC where you're investing with them. The bank's doing whatever they want to do with that money and you're making exactly. it. Right. Exactly. Okay, so MICs are good for that because some people are, have good credit, they barely qualify, and they need that one year to show their increased income. So a mix a perfect example. You can go there, it's not that expensive. You can probably looking at 499 to 599, even six and a half for a first mortgage with the MIC, which is very, very cheap. Right. Lender fees are probably between a point to two points, looking at uh, lender fee and the broker fee, whatever the broker charges, right? So right. usually, uh, typically on a first mortgage, a broker will charge 1%, but 
you know, in industry, sometimes you have the greedy broker who wants to charge more than that. that <laughs> no comment, right? So, no comment. It makes uh, the deal difficult. Yeah, you know. Line. Talk to us a little bit about the security in regards to if an investor were to hand over their, their capital to you and what you would do to that and what that process looks so like. So, that's where we come in now. So, we're not a mix. So, basically, we, through the brokerage, we bring in investors and the investors basically are a per deal basis kind of investor. So right. we know they want to invest, say, a million dollars, $200,000, and we have a bunch of them lined up. We have all their amounts that they have to invest. So what we do is we get a deal in, we vet it, we make sure the numbers work, and then we send it to them, and they give the final okay on it, obviously. Once they agree to do it, then we issue a commitment, we price it out, we send it out for approval. Now, the good thing about the way we do it is the investors have a sense of security. Because unlike a MIC, these companies, they put their name on it. So say it's ABC MIC. Yeah. When they register a title, it says ABC MIC on it. Right. The way we do it is, because they're individual investors, the title will say the investor's name on it. So they'll have that piece of security knowing that their name is on title of that property. Right. Right. So they like that aspect of it. So it's a little bit more expensive than MICs. Um, typically, for instance, us, we start first mortgage at 6%. And depending on the LTV, they go high, as high as 9% if it goes up to 80, 85% LTV, right? right? So it varies. Um, they're a little more lucrative than going through a MIC, obviously. Um, and that's it. It's, it's, but basically, it's a, it's a partnership between us and the investor. Right. right. We don't make the decision ourselves. We basically will vet it. We'll say it's a good deal. And we'll send it to them. And they'll give the final, yeah, I like it. My money into You're like it. the underwriter for the investor. Pretty much. Like explaining them Pretty the much. risk and what, what they're looking for. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. You know? And, and what is it, like the million dollar question we always get for investors is what's, what are they going to lose or how, how can they lose out or how can they lose that money or what's the, what could happen if they don't pay, given if they're, they're the ones secured on the property? So there's a lot of factors, right? Yeah. The st stability of the market, for instance, is very important. And it comes down to basically how aggressive you are as an investor and how aggressive you are as a broker even. Like, like I said, this industry is great, but there are the people who just don't care about, you know, tomorrow. They care right. about today's quick buck kind yeah, of thing, right? right? Yeah. They're not out for the best interest of people sometimes, and they're out for their pocket, right? Mm -hmm. So my rule of thumb is I do not lend money on anything I wouldn't do. So I'll never recommend a deal to my investor if I would invest my own money into it. Right. So that's just the way I see it, and that's worked for me so far for the years I've been doing this, and I treat it as it's my own money. So I respect it, and I make sure that the end of the day, they're gonna get their money back. So yeah. that's always our goal for our investors, right? Now, typically, we advise them what, what to do and what not to do, but at the end of the day, it's their choice. And uh, if they say no, it's no, right? And yeah. if they say yes, you advise them of the risks associated with that, right? But yeah. some guys want the higher returns and they're willing to take the risk for it. Yeah, yeah and, and, I, and I can I vouch firsthand to, to say that there's been deals that me and you have been doing and you said Nikki I don't like this one I don't think it's good for the investor let's put this aside and move on to the next one even though that you know our commissions were built into it it was looking good from our end but we're you were always trying to look out for the investor's best interest and I mean that's what creates that that longevity and builds those really strong relationships so you have and you continue to grow that capital that you have to work with right exactly. and 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 typically they're always always really happy with the green bricks deal because they maximize the potential of the yield that you're offering up to them on the rate and you know you lock them in for just those one-year terms and there's been those deals that 
they have those, you know, three-month interest penalties where the borrower comes out of the term a little earlier and they get their three-month bonus payment on all the rate and you let the investor take the upside of that and uh, they've been ecstatic when that's the case because it's kind of a surprise and something that they don't know about with with our last deal yeah you know, being a prime example right yeah. so it's always you know yeah that's always something we try to build into all our deals yeah interest penalty and the date these people are expecting a certain amount of money over the course of the year so right. they bring that money out into it so when you come out and you pay it out early you know it's not a benefit to the investor either because you know like sometimes there are sp money so it's 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 an investment for them so they're expecting a certain return on their money right exactly so these these interest penalties allow us to after to you know have time to put it back out there so their actual return isn't affected. Right. So we have right. up to ninety days or say especially with these savvy ones they, yeah. they look at it as money sitting in the bank as money lost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that gives us a buffer in the day uh, to put that money out where they don't lose any interest for that year. Right. right? So yeah. and sometimes the great thing is you might overlap a couple of years where you have those extra bonus but that'll make up for the years that, that the times when you have you a shortfall on that on that. You know, early payout, right? right. So, yeah. What, what's a typical term look like? Usually, they're a year. That's pretty standard. Like we issue like paper for a year. Most like eighty percent of mortgages are for one year. Right. right. You get the odd one that's for six months. You get the occasional bridge financing. You get eighteen months, but typically, I'd say like eighty to eighty-five percent of our mortgages are yeah, are, you never really are one-year yeah. term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so someone wants to break the one year. What's what's that look like? So he spoke. So someone wants to break the one year. It depends on the agreement coming at, at the beginning of the term. So at the beginning of the term, when we issue paper, dependent on the deal, how aggressive we have to be to win the deal, we may say, listen, we want this deal. We're willing to give you one month interest penalty or waive interest penalty entirely because right. it's such a good deal, meaning they're willing to pay 8% uh, for a house that's impeccable, great location, and our, we know our security is safe there. So like, sometimes you want to you know, be a little bit aggressive and take off those penalties, you know, so like, listen, I'll take the chances because you know what, even if it gets paid out in less than a year, my money's safe here. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So why not? And and on an overall, from the borrower's perspective, right, like there's a stigma on private lending and I kind of want to, you know, shine the light on that and say that there's a lot of high net worth clients that use this product for, you know, their development and for their building and it helps them move and shake and, and pound that pavement real quick and hop on to the next project without having to jump over all those hurdles that the big banks put in front of you steady right so it really allows for these guys to spread their wings and expand and scale their business at a rate where I don't think the institutions would be able to do right by them with that. So it's a very popular product with developers and builders. And then even with someone that we're, you know, bringing to close on their primary residence, let's say, it's something where <clears throat> we're building out a game plan for them in the meantime on how to build up their credit or they're getting a second job or whoever else is on title with them is getting a second job to help out with the income aspect of it. And we think that it's gonna take six to 12 months to really get them to qualify with a big bank. Well, if they find a house that they really like for the right price, and they have to jump into the market to use private lending as a solution could be a big advantage as well, right? And although they're just interest-only payments, that client would have really lost out if they didn't jump into that house. And then, you know, uh, we would come in and refinance them six, 12 months down the road, but they would have lost out and, and not seen the upside that they would have seen by using the products. So tell that's, us a little that's, bit That's a great point, that, actually. Right? For instance, let's, let's go back one year. Now say, the, you didn't qualify at the bank and you had this amazing house you wanted. It was a right. million dollars. 
I mean, yeah. 1.2 million, say. You didn't qualify at the bank. And you go, no, I can't. I'm just going to wait till next year right. to buy it till I qualify because I got a raise now. Right. Now, fast forward a year, a year, a year now. Now, that house, 1.2, yeah, 1.7, exactly. 1.8 million dollars. Yeah, right. 600 grand more where you could right. have gone and bought the house the year prior. Yeah. And fine, pay 6%, 7%. Yeah. What's that? What's the end of the day? What's that going to cost you in a million bucks? Uh, 4% extra, 3% extra over, over what the bank would charge. Right. Yeah. What's that going to cost? 67. Yeah, grand even 100 grand sale. Yeah, yeah, sure. Even it was 100 grand sale. You're on the upside of Look, what the, the value. You're on the upside. You lost, you lost right? out three, 400,000. You lost 000. out yeah. huge because, yeah. you know, and we were talking about builders, 100%. So if yeah. you're going to build like an infill, like, you know, eight customs in a row, they come to us because we provide quick money and the day you write, up, you write it off against your profits. So it's a wash. Right. So... Right. It's part of the expenses. You, right. you write it off, and you know what I mean. Like it's a cost of doing business, right. but it's right. quicker than the bank. You save at least two, three months because banks take forever to pull those kind of deals. First of all, right? Exactly. So, yeah. And you're off to the races, right? Yeah. And a difference three months is huge. I had a client, we couldn't close in time, and because we had the delay in the, in the fall, it had pushed back to the spring because the ground freezes. It has to thaw out, so like he lost five months, right? Because yeah. he wanted to institutional. Right. Yeah. You know, if he would have gone private, say the time, he would at least dug out the foundations before the winter was out, he could have started working on it. Right. 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 So yeah. he's five, six months behind now because of that. Right. Right. And that, that's a lot in the world. Because we only that's have a certain big. amount of time yeah. in Canada to build, right? We have like eight months where, you know, it's <laughs> exactly. easy to build, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah. after that, it's like yeah. tough. You know, if your, your foundation ain't dug out, yeah. you have your, like, you can't do anything. You can't pour your foundation. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't, can't start the yeah, project. You can't start yeah. projects. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so the, the interest only can't be always looked at as money lost. It can be also looked at as money gained for sure, especially in situations like that. 100%. Yeah, so has there ever been a real challenge and, and a client that you've had to say no to because of credit or down payment or you Location just didn't the property. feel... Yeah, so yeah. for me, one thing is ethics is huge for me. Like Even people like sometimes come to me with people that are retired and like an 80-year-old nonna, like, you know, like, has a house and she wants to, to pull out equity in it and I'm like, take her to get a reverse mortgage. She right. shouldn't be getting a private mortgage. Right. And right. that and brokers sometimes are insistent because again, there are those few right. who care about lying in their pockets before taking care of anybody else. Right. 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 So yeah, I just tell the broker, I'm going to the deal. Like right. I'm sorry, but like, you know, like I the deal's a, it's a slam dunk deal if it wasn't this 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 borrower because the house is perfect. The L T V is like under fifty percent, super low. Yeah. But all we're doing here is creating a bigger problem for a year from now. Right. So, right. and that's the thing. Like one thing we look at is exit strategy. Yeah. So if I'm going to put our investors' money out, we got to make sure there's an exit strategy. If there's not an exit strategy, I'm not interested in the deal. Right. That's basically what it comes down to. No right. exit, no interest, right? Right, yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I don't want to inherit another, someone else's problem. I don't want to have to foreclose on someone's property. We don't want to do that. We're here to lend money out and help people get out of the situations they're in. Right. But not put a band-aid on it and just yeah. have to deal with it, you yeah. know, a year later. Yeah. Right. And that, that etiquette, respect, and honesty that you have, I'm sure is a big reason as to why you've had so much success in the short period of time that you've been out on your own, right? Because it's something that is not too common in the business from what I'm, I'm finding and what I'm seeing, right? So talk to us a little bit about how you scaled so quickly and... You know, just what what that takes on a day to day business in regards to the, the, the schedule and the hustle and the <laughs> the staffing and, and and everything else in between. Yeah, well, I started started doing privates strictly maybe three years ago, so I was doing regular mortgages, um, and 
I don't know, for me, it's like that whole concept of, you know, you have all these people chasing the same piece of the pie. Right. And I saw the private market as some, you know, a smaller piece of the pie with fewer people, you know, in right. that circle. Right, right. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to get on the phone, start, you know, looking for investors, you know, to bring to the brokerage and we can start letting out money, you know? Right. My first mm. investor was 200 grand, you know, gave us 200 grand to invest into the brokerage and you mm. know what? That's how I started. So it was tough at first. The first year, I'd say it was like pounding pavement, you know, basically knocking on doors, calling people. Yeah. And um, then the, the best thing for us has been like word of mouth kind of thing. So yeah. one investor brought another investor on, then they told their family and like, you know, it's a whirlwind, you know, and here we're yeah. today. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm from a one-man show. I've got, I think, eight agents now on our team. Nice. Yeah. That's we awesome. We just bought a new office we're moving Sweet. into. So, like, yeah, like, you know, so, like, yeah. it's, we're doing well. And it's, like I said, it's yeah. not about, it's organic growth, that's what you're saying yeah. it. Yeah. But it's also based on, you know, like, there's, we have morals. Like, we have, like, a code that, you know, we, we're not here just for the quick buck. We're yeah. going to make sure our investors yeah. are happy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, everything's by the book through FISRA. Obviously, things have to be very important. You know, like, yeah. we, we vet all our clients. We, you know, we have to fill out the proper forms, yeah. questionnaires, make sure they're, they're, they're able to, to lend money out because you ought to have to qualify, obviously, to be an investor. Right. But we do all that. But not just that. It's, we won't, we're not here to take advantage of people. And there are brokers that don't like us because right. simply like we'll do a first mortgage, they'll want to charge 3%, I'll say absolutely not. Yeah. Right. And I'll decline the deal because they're taking advantage of the client. Right. And right. they don't like me. I'll tell you, they can, they, and they're probably the ones that, you know, say, yeah, don't use those guys because, but I don't take part in that. Right. right. You know, I don't yeah. want to be associated with that. Like it's, it's just not us. It's just, yeah. I want to be able to sleep at night. I helped you, you know, you're, you help you at the next level. You're great. I helped you, you know, have a nice day, you know, yeah. all the best to you. Yeah. No, I don't want to. To go to that point too, like with the brokers charging more, you having that etiquette and that those principles that, that that are your core values that you stick by. Again, that's what creates that longevity. And people talk, people find out, people could do research on on Google and and really get this information if they wanted to. So you think you're pulling the wool over someone's eyes and that you're fooling them and 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 you know you're going to see a bigger upside because you know, they're dumb or they didn't look into it or you know a lot more than them, but everything comes full circle, right? So I, I think the brokers that are doing that, they're not the top performers. They're not the people that are able to maintain, sustain relationships with, you know, individuals and have those individuals screaming their names in other rooms right. when it comes to, hey, this guy's great with managing my money and I think that you should invest with him as well because the the security is great on the asset and the, the return is, is amazing, right? And that's that confidence that I know your investors have in you and, and I have in you and Michael has in you for our investors that we bring to you, right? Is we know that that's what they're going to get with it, right? So admire you and, 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 and I tip my hat to you, you know, for that Thanks, in a big, man. big yeah. way. It's, Look it's at the longevity, not just a quick buck. Exactly. Yeah, sure. It was an honor having you on the show. You're our first guest and uh, you put us on and you taught us a lot about what we know and we'll be forever thankful for that. So thank you for you know showing up today for our podcast, and it was an honor having you. Honor was mine, boys. I'm proud of you guys. You guys are doing well, man. Thank Amazing. you. Thank you. Amazing. Awesome. And and thank you to all of you for uh, tuning in again to our uh, second episode here. Be sure to check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms, as well as if you want to watch the uh, video, check us out on YouTube, and be sure to subscribe. We'll see you next week. What would it cost? <laughs> <laughs> next on what would it cost? Prices have skyrocketed on both material and labor, especially labor. 
making renovations uh, virtually unaffordable. There's a lot of money to be made. They rely on their equity to pull these, these loans out to do construction. Taking that and being able to flip it, take the capital and then allocate towards the renovation. We're starting our builds at about $400 a square foot. There's a lot of, a lot of these arguments that could be avoided if there was just that communication and that transparency from the start. If I'm not delegating professional licensed trades to each element of yeah. your build, what are you paying for? Just wanted to announce the winner for the two tickets for the Sebastian Maniscalco concert next week. And the winner is Alicia D. So Alicia, if you'd please DM the Spark Financial Group page, it'd be greatly appreciated so that we can coordinate and get those tickets over to you. And for everyone else, we wanted to thank you and tip our hats to you for your efforts in regards to engaging with all our platforms, liking, subscribing, and really helping us launch the, the What Would It Cost podcast. We're fired up to continue to deliver content to our, our viewers and our listeners, and really, really excited to, uh, to host all our special guests who are experts in the market and that will give you an awesome insight on everything pertaining to uh, the real estate market all across the board. I will see you soon. Ciao.